Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey, Britt, how you doing? I'm good. How are you today, Sam? I am doing well. I feel well rested for the first time in a long time. How about you? Yes, I do too. I think it was really nice just to shut the office down for the week and enjoy our families. Yes, it definitely felt good to relax. Also, kind of ready to be back as much as I hate to say that and sound awful. Really happy to have a schedule and a routine. I know. I think we love what we do. So being in the office is great for us too. Um, it was great to see family though. How was, how was your holiday season? Did you have fun with your family? Yeah, really good. So we had um, we had our whole my whole side of the family to our house in Wisconsin for a full week, and then Hyde and I went back to our house in California and spent another week there for New Year's and just kind of relaxed and hung out. And I, really, we did some goal setting together, kind of went through just a bunch of different stuff, and but mostly took a little bit of time off, truly off. How about you guys? So my mom and stepdad came to town, which was so fun to have them in town. And it's been about two years since my husband's seen them. So it was just a lot of catching up and memory making. And my mom and I always bake together. So that's a big tradition. So it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's always great. And I think we've said it before, but I just, it feels so good to have some level of normalcy. Like we went bowling. It's been so long since I've been bowling and doing things like that. Just to feel like you're out and being able to do a few things is really nice. Yes. Yes. I agree. Well, good. I'm so glad that you had a great time. You too, girl. So today's podcast is, I'm just really excited for it because this person is really close to my heart. She is a franchisee that I worked with um, on the sales side at Mosquito Shield. And if there's a woman that can do it all, it's definitely Caroline Galloway. She is an attorney. She is a mom. She is a businesswoman. And she is a franchise owner. And she does them all simultaneously. So I would love to bring her in and, and give everybody a chance to pick her brain. Hi there. It's so great to join both of you today, and you're so kind in your introduction. Well, it's wonderful to have you, and I'm I'm just excited because your story inspired me so much getting to know you through the Mosquito Shield process, and then as on the other side, both being franchisees, certainly. Absolutely. No, it's so fun learning how each person gets to the franchise world. I know there's so many people in franchising and everybody has a unique story. So we're so excited to have you here today to share your story. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So if you don't mind, I would love for you to just walk us through how you got to business ownership. What's your background? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so I did not think I would be in the franchise world even a few years ago, but really how I got to this world was from an investment lens. I am a family law attorney, so I do divorces and custody cases. But before I went to law school, I was a social worker in a domestic violence shelter. And, you know, a lot of my work has focused on helping people navigate crisis. And 
helping people understand what their needs are at that time and how you address those needs. Um, and in that career field, there's also kind of a, a burnout situation where you need a different avenue of dealing with people. I like to say my job is like working at the airport. Everybody's at their worst. Um, and sometimes it's great to find people that aren't at their worst. Um, and so really we, my husband and I were looking for a way to invest our money and we didn't feel as confident in just putting it in the stock market. So we started looking in the real estate industry and how we could invest that way. And that industry is just so wild right now that we turned our eyes to owning a business. And so um, we pursued just different franchise opportunities and found Mosquito Shield, which if you think about it, people are most excited to speak to you when you are helping them enjoy their backyard again. Um, but it aligns with my work as well, because really we're helping people feel heard and helping them feel like they are a valued customer. And that is also in my my day job as well. That's great. I love that. Um, I love that you mentioned that you wanted to invest in yourself, right? You were a little bit nervous about putting more money into the market and real estate's up and down right now. And I think that's a trend that we're continuing to see as generations come through. You know, we're looking to invest in ourselves. So I love to hear that. And I do think there's synergy between what you do in your quote unquote day job and what you're doing in the franchise, helping people. But tell me a little bit about what that process was like for you as you were starting to evaluate franchises. What were important qualities that you looked for in a franchise? Absolutely. So we were looking for a franchise where we could be um, semi-absentee, meaning that my husband and I could both keep our jobs and invest in this. Um, but also have the control that we knew that whatever we put in was the output we could have. Um, and so just having the sense of control and what the outcome might be, um, which we couldn't necessarily find in the stock market. So when we started looking at businesses, some of the things that we looked into were how many employees would we have to have? some you know gym concepts you need many employees and so that's just a lot more from a management perspective whereas with mosquito shield we really only had two employees our first season uh, we also looked at you know what are what's the worst day of this job look like and what it does the best day of this job look like and you know in some industries for example the food service industry right there's a lot of waste management, right? You're dealing with the after effects of food and it's it's not that attractive to us. We didn't want to go into waste management. And so, you know, looking at the worst day of mosquitoes is that a customer calls and tells you that their mosquitoes are back and you say, sure thing, I will come right back out and spray your yard again. That's a pretty good worst day. Um, and so, you know, looking at our best day of, you know, just helping people really love their yards and enjoy their families again, that's a really great best day. Um, and so we looked at that range of options in each of the opportunities we looked at as to how they differed and compared. Um, we also looked at just the, obviously the profit margins and, you know, how we could you know, leverage this into, you know, either a larger investment down the road or something that we could eventually sell. and 
this mosquito shield really stood out to us in that sense. Um, I think finally, one of the things that we looked at was, you know, how we can, you know, operate as a family while also managing this business. And, you know, this business, we're not tied to a storefront. And so that was important to us that we could be doing this remotely. We actually worked a week of our season in Mexico on the beach and just took calls from the pool. And, you know, for us, we wanted to be able to still live our lives as we were before. Um, and so that was really important to us is to be able to be remote and also run our business. Those are all really, really awesome things. And I love the worst day, best day. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody describe that. And that is such a valuable tool. I, I mean, we probably are going to steal that. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. So those are all the logical reasons to buy a business, right? All of the things that you're using your brain. But when you pull your brain out of it and you go, what's the why? What is your and Andrew's personal compelling reason for becoming business owners? Sure. I think some of it's financial freedom, right? That we are not dependent on a different company or somebody else's business to provide for us. And that allows us then to see how our money is working. And hopefully eventually then, you know, that can work for us entirely. But, you know, with that in mind, um, we also we have two kids and it's an exciting thing to hear my 15 year old talk about someday he'd like to run a mosquito shield business, but maybe expand it to another area of pest control. Um, and so that's a really neat legacy to pass on as well. I love the legacy part of it. You know, having been raised by two entrepreneurs, that piece of it is really personal to me. It drives home when you can bring your kids into the business. I loved growing up in my parents' businesses. So I think that piece is really special. You know, as you're thinking through what you've learned in your first year as a business owner, right? Because you just wrapped up your first season. Is that right? Correct. Yes. What piece of advice would you share with first-time business owners on what to think about in their first year as an entrepreneur? Sure. So I think two different things that we learned that we didn't realize would be as important as they were. We really approached how we interacted with our clients as a relationship-based service company. And so we got to know our customers and our customers knew that we were behind the phones. And I think that particularly in an industry where it hasn't been customer service focused, it's just been service focused. People are so relieved to deal with somebody that treats them like a human instead of a number. And we had customers this season that even if they weren't having perfect results, they said, your customer service is so beyond what we've ever received before. We are going to keep working with you long term. I think we just approached it as treating people like human beings and, and treating them with respect. And it went miles for us. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, many people think that, you know, being a uh, semi-absentee uh, investor means that you just invest money in the stock market or you just invest money in a business and then you it runs itself. Franchising isn't quite like that. You do have so much autonomy in your business. And so what you put in is what you get out. And so, you know, we really invested in how we formed relationships within our community 
And it wasn't just this passive investment for us. And I think that the more you do that, the more your business will grow. That's really valuable, especially because I think Britt and I, about 90% of the clients we work with are very similar to you, where I really don't hate my life. I don't hate my day job. In fact, I'd like to stay here for a while longer, and if not forever, and just have another source of income. And hearing that, like, there will still be work. And having that cemented by you is nice because we do. And I know a lot of franchisors don't try to paint the unicorn and rainbows picture when they're when they're working through that. So when you guys are talking about time commitments in your business, hours-wise, what are you doing per week and what kind of activities does that include as a semi-passive owner? Sure. You know, I think that we have chosen to be more involved in our first year than we would necessarily need to be. Um, our thought was we will be, yes, owners in our first year of business. Um, you know, there's so much to be said about what you build in year one and how that grows from that. Uh, so this year, you know, we really spent probably three or four hours every night working on the business or just making sure we were developing relationships or responding to customers or developing leads. That's something that, you know, we've chosen to take more on as a franchise than typical. And so we were working more than normal. And then we did often work on the weekends. So, you know, we communicated to our kids that this was really a family affair and we were investing in it as a family. And so, you know, we use yard signs and my 11 year old spent many evenings putting together yard signs. Um, and he has negotiated quite a competitive rate to do that. But <laughs> everybody has bought into doing it. I think that when we've pitched it as this is our family investment together, we're building something for us to collectively share in someday. Um, the kids have really bought in on that idea as well. I think that's so cool that the kids have bought into it and they must be so proud, right, of, of their parents and what they're accomplishing. And I think when you get to see it firsthand as a kid, it really resonates too. You know, as you're reflecting on your first year, what, what, what surprised you as a business owner? What were you not anticipating? What's been a surprise for you? I think that when you buy a franchise, you assume you are buying into a corporation that has everything figured out and everything lined up, and it's this prefab business. And what we were surprised by is how much of the wheel we were allowed to create on our own. And while we didn't expect to kind of invent different processes or figure out how we do certain things, we really appreciated that too, because we were able to do it our way. And I think that's a huge value in franchise ownership is that you can create and do things your own specific way. Um, and so that, that surprised us that, that we had more autonomy than we thought we would, but we also appreciated that. We joke that, you know, in a customer service business, um, we were shocked by the level of advice our customers sought from us. And I think that's maybe in part because we just formed good relationships with our customers. But we had customers asking us if we had any babysitter leads or, you know, how they can get their hardwood floors replaced. Or one lady asked my husband to go in her house and chase a lizard out of the house. Um, <laughs> oh, my so goodness. So certainly you know, <laughs> how people open up to you um, as a business owner was also something that we didn't expect. 
That's very cool. I hear a lot of the clients that we work with talking about, you know, getting in networking groups. And so that may be an opportunity to be able to to network with other business owners and start to share those referrals as your customers really begin to trust in you and build that relationship with you. Absolutely. Yes. I'm curious to hear, you know, how have you, um, have you guys been involved in networking? How have you found an effective way as a business owner to really grow your customer base? Our biggest success this year has been mom to mom sales. Um, And what I mean by that is, you know, as you form a relationship with a mom, she tells four of her girlfriends and who to trust better than one of your girlfriends. Um, And I think it's really exciting to have a female voice behind the phones. Pest control is really a male dominated industry. And when a woman gets on the phone with another woman that says, I'm also a mom and let's talk about, you know, you know, letting your baby go out in the yard after we've been in your yard, it develops a level of trust that I don't think exists in many other places in the industry. And so we focused so much of our networking in mom neighborhood Facebook groups and on Nextdoor. I think that's really an untapped gold mine for so many service based industries and it's free. Right. And so, you know, maybe you give one free service to a mom so she can try it out and then she shares it with several people. Um, That was our biggest source of sales this year. We had one Facebook group where between us and one other franchise, we accumulated 300 customers. And so that was just a a massive game changer for us this season. Um, Other than that, you know, I think that networking is most successful when you are in places that you feel like you're being your authentic self. And so, you know, if you are at the little league um, game and you're just talking with another mom, I think that those opportunities seem to um, create more business than the, you know, manufactured marketing. And I think a lot of people are intimidated by formal networking groups. And, you know, I don't think it always has to be this overt effort to drive up business. It can just be building relationships and then people remember what you do and bring you business. Mom to mom marketing. I love it. (laughs) That is an awesome phrase. Again, writing it down, probably need to (laughs) steal that. So you talked about a little bit of the other franchisees, you and another franchisee. We do get two types of clients that we work with. One that says, I need to have the entire market no matter where I am because I don't want to share any of this. And then the other one that's a little bit more open. You guys are in Dallas. So buying the entire market in Dallas is a massive undertaking. Can you tell us about what it's like to work with their eight other franchisees there? How that how that works for you and and what that's been like? I think it has been a true lifeline having other franchises around us. Uh, We are on a group text together, and I think they text probably 20 or 30 times a day. We share product. If somebody's running out of a product, we tag team and pick it up from each other's warehouses. We share employees. One of the franchises that is north of us, we split an employee. Neither one of us had full-time hours that we needed. Um, But this individual wanted to work full time. And so half the week they worked for the other franchise and half the week they worked for us. And that was 
really important in our ability to keep labor at a lower cost this season instead of paying somebody for hours that we're not using them. Other than that, you know, it's just always great to have people to ask questions to. And if you own the entire market, you're on an island, really nobody gets quite what you're going through. And so I know people worry about having other identities or individuals running a similar business near them. But I think if you find a business that is finding like-minded individuals to buy franchises, I think you are going to end up in a situation where it's truly a community and not competition. One, speaking of competition, you really led right into my next question, which is you are in an incredibly competitive state. Texas has a lot of pest control, a lot of mosquito control. How did you guys differentiate and rise to the top so rapidly there? And how do you feel about competition? We bought a franchise that has a great product, and that is number one. Um, you know, having a service that is incredibly effective is important, but then having a service that's willing to back that up with a guarantee or a willingness to fix issues, I think is really critical and is not something we see in every area of the pest control industry. So, you know, if a customer calls our uh, number and says that they are seeing more mosquitoes, we send somebody back out and respray. Our margins are good enough that we're able to do that. And I think that that is something that people are not used to seeing. I think the other thing is, you know, having an informed uh, corporate headquarters. Our corporate knows everything you can know about mosquitoes and has really developed a solid product and has helped us then educate our customers well. And I think that's also something that stands out. But I think the really the, the main thing is presenting yourself as a family-based business. We're here for you. We're here to make sure you can enjoy your yard again. That has been something that people time and time again have remarked on as why they choose us over others. Um, we have not experienced any issues with competition. We, in general, beat everybody with price and success. And so, you know, that has been something great to back up our efforts. But, you know, there are there is competition and we've had to steal customers from other uh, companies, but it's been a successful effort. That's great. I love that you continue to say two things. You talk about relationship building and you talk about your family. And when Sam started telling me a little bit about you, I was blown away at how many hats you successfully wear. So I'd love to hear how you and your husband balance it all. How are you able to build this extremely impressive corporate career, be a mom to two kiddos, and run a business. How do you balance it all with your husband? You know, we really sat down when we first started and did a division of labor. And so we were very thoughtful about who is going to do what within the franchise and who was going to do what within our house. And some of that was what do we prefer doing and what does the other person not prefer doing? And some of that was just I will pick up this task because my job is more or less demanding at this time in the day. And so, you know, I do not enjoy laundry. And so my husband does all of the laundry um, and things like that, that just really help balance out the labor in the house. And we also just made sure that our kids knew that, you know, they had to carry their weight too. our boys empty and load the dishwasher every day. 
And some of my friends and our moms can't believe we're that strict, but we have to. You have to do that to stay afloat. Um, I think the other thing is just allowing help when you need it. And so welcoming the ability to outsource, um, welcoming, you know, the, the college student that can drive school sometimes and understanding that you are not going to be 100% on any of it, but you are doing this as an investment for your future. And anybody that's 100% on something is probably too focused. <laughs> I now realize I need to get somebody to do my laundry and I need to get Max some chores. <laughs> it's about high time. Also, I never want him to speak to your son about negotiating rates for working for the family business <laughs> because he thinks his work pays the mortgage. So <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's truly inspiring when you talk through, you know, divvying that stuff up and, and really having a true partnership in and out of your business. So as you think through all the things that you've experienced in your, your career and through entrepreneurship, if you could lock in on the best advice you've ever received, we would love to hear it. That's a great question. Hmm. You know, I try to enjoy the process of transition. There's so much that we focus on of coming to. When you're in law school, you focus so much about becoming the lawyer and then you get there and now you're a brand new lawyer and it's very scary or you buy a franchise and it's the excitement of signing that day. And then it's it's frightening to start the business in that moment of panic when you think nobody will buy your product. And so I think that learning to enjoy the beauty and what the process is of the transition and the periods in between those milestones makes it so much more enjoyable and fulfilling Whereas, you know, if you're just focused on those milestones, you will miss the little tiny moments in between. I love that. I think that's really great advice. And I don't think I've ever heard advice like that before. So I really appreciate you sharing. You know, I know you've got a great presence on social media. So if any of our listeners would love to learn more about your business and follow along in your journey, um, where could they find you? What is your Facebook page or social media page that you'd want to share today? Yes, we are on Instagram and it's just Mo Shield. NW Dallas. And if they search the same thing, they can find us on Facebook there. We're on Twitter as well. Uh, but they're welcome to kind of, you know, look us up and reach out. And we're happy to mentor people or really support people as they navigate the franchise buying process. Thank you so much. And thanks for your time today. Just so many pieces of advice. I really love your commitment to your family and commitment to growing the business at the same time. It's admirable. And I think that's what a lot of people want to know about is just fitting it all in. And you've really done such a great job. So thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you for having me. I so enjoy listening to you too each time a podcast comes out. And I'm just so excited to see how your business grows as well. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Wow, Sam, I took a million notes. I know that we say that a lot, but she shared a lot of good nuggets that I've never heard before. So that was a great episode. I'm so glad that you made the introduction. Yeah, the transitions piece was just so incredibly powerful. And I just think 
enjoying the times in between, which you and I could really <laughs> learn a lot from too, just enjoying the times in between. What a great, another great podcast, just hearing entrepreneurs' stories and creator stories is, is always just inspiring. It really is. If you're excited to learn more about semi-passive business ownership, please email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow Fran Path Consulting Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Podbean. Follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting. Do not forget to go to our webpage, www.FranPathConsulting.com, to learn more and get your free business assessment to find out if business ownership is for you.